Hello, this is Kelly Langston and this is God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. Hello, hello, hello. It has been a while since I put out my last podcast and I will have a confession that is because I'm working on a project and I really want to be dedicated to it. It is very hard to get things done when you work, but it is what it is. And the project I'm working on is I'm working on my first fiction book. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But right now, I want to go into this particular story. I have a story to share with you. It is my personal testimony, and it is a story about the occult. And this happens to be October 31st. 2023. And it's a holiday that many people celebrate and have a really good time on, but it's one that I stay away from. And there's a reason why, which I'm going to tell you. It's a personal story. Now, before I go into that, this story, I want to tell you that there is no judgment here. I'm not called to be your judge. um, What you do is between you and the Lord. And I just want to share my story with you. And uh, it includes some of the choices that I've made that I'm not very proud of, but yet I want to tell you anyway. And it does involve the occult. So when we celebrate Halloween and trick-or-treat, it seems to be one of its becoming a very popular holiday. I'm amazed at how the lengths to which people go to decorate their houses and goblins and spiders and spider webs and witches and demons and and all of that, you can see it everywhere. Now, there's another reason to celebrate this time of the year, and that's because of the harvest, which is a great thing to celebrate. But many people do celebrate Halloween, and they say that it's a harmless thing. So, without any judgment, I want to share my story with you. And maybe that'll give you some insight about why I made a personal choice Even though I have participated in all of that, and even tonight, I'm going to be honest, they're uh, having a a cookout and a bonfire at my street, and I will be attending. So I don't want you to feel judged in any way by my story. I just want to tell you um, another way to look at it. I wanted to share this, another way to look at the occult, basically. So... Um, with all that said, when I go down the street tonight, I will not be dressed up. And I think it's fun to dress up. It's, you know, people like to have some imagination and everything. I get all that. But what I really am concerned about, it's the celebration of the demonic. And there are, at least in my life, a repercussion to this. And I do believe that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, specifically called this out to me at one point in my life, and he gave me a choice. And I do believe if I had chosen a different way, my life would be much different. It would look much different, differently than it does right now. So this is my story. And I want you to know, again, I am not judging anyone. I'm just telling you the story that I have and how God presented it to me. Now, it goes way back. My first dealings with the occult were way, way back when I was very young in third grade. I know you think that third grade, what do you know back in third grade? You're pretty pretty young. And yes, that is true. 
And yet, when you're so young, I think your level of doubt, um, you you just believe things more easily, I, maybe. You don't have that adult rationalization of every thought that comes to you and every every belief system. But back then, in the era of Disney magic and all the things that kids love, um, they do. So... I also started looking into some of those things. Now, my mother was a single mother and she worked, so we had babysitters. Um, So that allowed me some of the time to get into some of the stuff. So the first thing that I did was with Ouija boards. I'm going to be honest, this is not a comfortable story for me to share, but I'm going to tell you the story. You can believe it or not, but... I lived it, (laughs) so so it is, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up, but that's for you to judge, so, but anyway, so back when I was in third grade, I loved the concept of playing with Ouija boards, you know, the one that you can go down any toy aisle and find for children, marketed to children, and what it is, it flat out says it's a game, right, that's what it says, but it's a way to communicate with the other other world, the spirits. That's what it says. That's what everybody knows. It is marketed in many ways to children. You find it in the toy aisle and the game section. So I don't know. It started that way with me as a child. One day while I was uh, tinkering around with this thing, I specifically came, well, um, I actually got a visual sight of what was actually going on right there, that communication uh, with whatever it was. So the other, the other thing I want to say is I was not alone. I, was, I knew this was going to happen um, because I'd been working with this little thing by myself, and I got my babysitter and my sister and her friend, and we all came into the main little room of our um, home, and this thing appeared. I'm (laughs) just telling you the truth. I know you might think, no, this is a crazy story, but no, it really did. And I specifically remember what it looked like. Um, It did not look scary, I will tell you that. In fact, um, it was in the shape of a body. But it was all a light. So it was like a misty white light. Pretty similar to what you would expect like a ghost to look like. But it was in the shape of a light. It was at the far side of the room. And behind it was a ball of brightly colored lights. They looked like um, the colors of a rainbow. But they were not in the shape of that. They were in a circle. A large circle. Maybe five feet in diameter. And that circle was on the wall as if projected somewhere and it began to move across the back of the wall behind this thing this image of this misty thing and started to come closer to us as it moved from one wall to the other we were across the room and of course everybody started screaming and at that point um this thing went away um now is that crazy I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care what you think. This is my story. And at that point, I realized even in my third grade state that I needed to put this away. Now, and I did. 
<laughs> that was the end of that. Now, the thing about it is, it did not appear to be something that was dark and scary. It appeared as something of light and the colorful rainbow colors on the wall. I've always wondered about that. But if you were trying to entice a child, would you really want to appear scary? No. It appeared more of light. Now, I do not believe this was anything angelic at all because the Bible specifically says, do not seek these things. At third grade, I don't think I even knew that when, while I was in that um, third grade age range. But I was um, had gone through a lot at that age, you know, with um, divorce and everything in our family. And I was a little beyond my years at that time. But it was not from God. I will tell you that. This was not something that came from heaven. So if you're thinking that just that is not true, I was seeking this in ways that the Bible specifically says do not do. Um, so what it was doing, I believe, in my adult years, I've looked back at it as um, I knocked on a door in fun and jest, and I was like many children, innocent, able to believe almost anything. And as a child, the enemy often wants to entice children while they're at a young age. This is true. This happens in many evil organizations as well. They go for the kids. So I'm just telling you, I was one of those kids and it went for me. That was the end of that, though. I, everybody, it, 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 I was not alone in seeing this, and this did go. Um, it, it woke me up. And I've always felt God in my life, even as a young child. I used to pray when my father would leave home, and I would, I always knew about prayer. I don't know why, but I would just pray that he would bring my daddy back. Now, that's a different story, um, a very good story about how God finally did that in my life, but it took, I think I was 30 years old before that happened, but another story. My point is when you go knocking on a door, even in fun, you don't know what's going to come out of that door. And I do believe that when you are dealing with the occult, you can be knocking on a door and you do not know what is going to answer that knock. But I do know this, that the Bible specifically says have nothing to do with darkness. What point, what does light have to do with darkness? It does not mix. Okay, so that's my story as a child, but in time as I grew and, and got older, I went to college, and I also, although I remember telling people, do not mess with Ouija boards. I remember I told a lot of people that, and they would laugh at me, and some of them encountered their own uh, stories, so to speak. So I was not the only one that had something happen. I know one particular man who wanted to hear my story. And the reason why I don't share the story is because often it'll make people actually go and do that instead. He was one of those persons. He thought it was cool and funny and until something happened to him as well. And it took me forever to get him to tell me what it was, but he finally did. So again, when you knock on a door, you don't know what's coming back. So that's a fear motivation, but I want to tell you the reason why we have a choice to make. Do we play with the darkness or the light? When I was in college, I 
had drifted away from the Lord, although I was a Christian, but I was walking in my own, you know, in my own ways. I was hanging out, doing things that weren't especially Christian. However, I always still prayed and, and, and sought the Lord, even though I was a little lost right then. Not, not anything bad, just the typical things, but I was living the life the way I wanted to live, put it that way. So at that point in my life, um, as things weren't really working out for me, um, I really wanted a relationship in my life, but I wasn't able to find it. I was, um, after I graduated from college, I really wanted a career and I was bombing out in that area too. Um, nothing seemed to be working. And I remember seeking, going back to seek the occult again in the form of horoscopes, in the form of all that stuff that you try to determine the future when the Lord is just patiently saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. But you know, like a rebellious child, this is what I think, I'll I'll be honest, this is one of the greatest sins in my life. I sought anything, I sought did not seek the Lord in determining my future. At that time, I was seeking other things. And I'm talking about the occult and horoscopes, things like that. But, and and the Bible specifically says not to do that. Nothing was working out in my life either. So when you go consult some of this stuff, like a horoscope, um, the devil's a liar. <laughs> That's the thing that I come came to learn, is that you may get something, some word in a horoscope or whatever, but how do you know it's the truth? Because if the devil comes, if there is two sources of power, and God is telling you that he does not work through those ways. And he specifically says that in Scripture. And in fact, Saul was condemned because he did that. He sought a um, fortune teller, a witch. So, okay. So, I believe that... The ultimate goal of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. But he's not going to do that telling you that's what he's doing it for. He's going to tell you, he's going to entice you in a good way. He, just like the snake in the Garden of Eden, he um, enticed Eve by promising wisdom and knowledge that you'll be like God. And ultimately, it destroyed their, it, it, they died because of that choice that they made. But he didn't tell them that. He told them, hey, there's a lot more that God has, but he's not giving it to you. You can be like him. It's the same with consulting the occult. You might hear things that you want to hear, but the devil, still he's a liar. And he's wanting to lead you into a way that leads to ultimate destruction. I'm being honest here. There are, that is not the way God works through horoscopes and everything. But even so, I want to tell you that God was so merciful to me that even though I was doing all these things that I know was breaking his heart, I was seeking other things, he was so kind to me in that, you know, he could have really judged me harshly. Now, what happened in my life was things were not going well. I could not find this relationship that I was so desperately seeking. My relationship with my dad was terrible. Um, My job situation was horrendous. I was getting into debt. Nothing was going right. But there was one day that I was in a grocery store and I really felt the Holy Spirit. I was looking. It was their horoscope magazines or something like that. And I was looking at it. 
And I felt the Holy Spirit say, now this is key. You can have this, the occult, horoscopes, that kind of thing. Or you can have faith, but you cannot have both. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that was God. And he was speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. I was saved when I was eight. I was just walking my own way. But the Lord was loving me and he was pursuing me as Jesus does. He pursues the lost sheep. And I was one of them at that time. So through the Holy Spirit, he asked me to make a choice. You can have this, the occult, or you can have faith. But you cannot have both because I won't, I won't uh, dwell in the midst of both. If you ride the fence, you've already made a choice. So that was my choice to make. And you have a choice. Your choice has to be your own. But I chose faith. So I turned completely away from all of that at the time in my life, completely away. And I understood that that was a choice. I could have occults and all that, the occult. Um, all that, or I could have faith, faith in the Bible, faith in God's promises, but I could not have both because God will not exist where there is uh, darkness and sin. He just, he, it's your choice. He gives you free will. You make the choice. I chose faith. And I want to tell you that that's when my life started to change. Within a few years, I had moved to a better place. I had found a career, a job, and soon met a man who is the love of my life. We've been married 27 years, and God has blessed us and his covering is over us. And he gave me a marriage like I'd never seen in my life. I didn't have any any marriage in my life that I knew that was the way God intended it to be, full of love and compassion and respect. But God gave that to me. But I believe that had I not made that decision to turn away from the things that were not of God and pursue faith and pursue God, he could not have done that. He, it was up to me. He was giving me that choice. And I made that choice. So today I have nothing to do with any of it. And I have gone to the Lord and sought forgiveness for all of it. I have dealt with that, that feeling of letting God down, what it must have felt to be a father that was calling and loving me and to have me turn to other things. I know that hurt God. And I've dealt with that and uh, sought forgiveness for that. And I believe I'm completely washed by the blood of the lamb, completely. That sin's gone. But I'm telling you this story because it's so easy to just dabble in some of these things in fun. You don't see the danger of it. And maybe you don't see the danger of it, but maybe you don't see. By making those decisions, are you missing out on what God really wants to do in your life? That's the case for me. He had a lot that he wanted to give me and in terms of a, a home and a family and a relationship full of love and a new job and a career. And he had lots to give me, but I had to make the decision first. I set before you life and death. Choose life so that it may go well with you. That is still part of his word. And so that's my story that I'm sharing on Halloween. I've never shared this story publicly. Um, You may believe it, you may not. I don't really care, honestly. Um, This is something as 
I felt called to do in an age where it the occult is literally everywhere, especially, and this is the part that really bothers me, especially it's being marketed to our children in ways that far exceed what it was when I was a child in third grade. That those um, occultish stories are everywhere. And I want you to know that as a parent or a loved one, you can put a, pray a covering over these kids and you can um, show them that there is another way. And faith, I believe, is far more powerful than any of the rest. And that faith comes from God's word. It is a power that seeks to give you an abundant life. A life full of goodness. I come, Jesus says, so that you may have a life to the fullness, full, fullest, an abundant life. And the other side, he comes to seek, kill, and destroy. That's where all the occult, that power is based. It's your choice. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to maybe show you that there's more than what you think. And with, when you dance with some of these things, you may not be aware of the implications that might be existing beyond what we can see in this realm. So I am Kelly Langston. I pray that you have a great day and that your life is full of a harvest of good things, that you know that there is a power in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, and he comes to give you an abundant life. Choose him. I'm Kelly Langston, and this is God Dreams and Really Good Coffee. Can a Christian count on every one of God's promises in Scripture and take those on as their inheritance? Well, there are two scriptures that answer that question. The first is from 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it says, For every one, every one of God's promises is yes in Him. Therefore, the Amen is also spoken through Him, that's Jesus, by us through God's glory. And secondly, Galatians 3.23 says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to his promise. So yes, Christians can count on God to honor the promises in his word and confidently remind our Father of these treasures in our own prayer life. However, and this is important, there is one requirement. In order for you to take hold of these precious promises as your own and my own, we must first be of the body of Christ, and that means we need to have accepted Jesus as the Savior of our life, and that's what it means by belonging to Christ. It all comes down to His great love for us. 
as a gift of free will, and it's a choice that only we can make, God chose to send His Son, Jesus, to ransom us completely from the penalty of sin. And that would mean eternal separation from God. But to be grafted into the wonderful inheritance of promises that I talk about, given by God in the Bible, we've got to choose to accept Jesus as Son of the Almighty God and believe in His sacrifice on the cross and accept Him as the Lord of our life. It's really my choice to make, which I have, and it's your choice to make. And here's the scripture. For God greatly loved and dearly prized the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. Whoever believes and trusts in Him as a Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. And you know that's John 3.16, and that's the Amplified Version. You know, sometimes we make it harder than it has to be, but the gospel message is really clear. Here is how you can become a Christian and have access to everything that Scripture provides, not to mention a wonderful relationship with Jesus and a personal relationship to hear Him through the Spirit, as I talk about so often. It simply comes down to this. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, He was sent by God to be a sacrifice or a ransom and to pay the full, not partial, full price of our sin, which is eternal death and separation from God. Trust then in this same Jesus as your Lord and Savior, knowing that he rose from the dead and that we who believe in him will follow and live eternally through him. There's no other requirement other than what the Bible says in 316 of John. That decision is the most important decision you or I will ever make. So if you haven't done that, get alone with God today. Don't wait. And tell Him that yes, you want Him to be Savior of your life. You want Him to be Lord of your life. And you accept the gift of the sacrifice and payment for your sins. We're all sinners. But Jesus came and took that shame away. He offers that to us, and He offers complete payment of our sins. And once we accept that, then we do have to make that choice. We can't just assume it. We have to make the choice. But once we do, then we have the inheritance of promises of God. But even more, (laughs) although those are wonderful, we have a relationship with Jesus and the Father through the Spirit. And He will guide us and lead us. And the Bible even says he will show you what is to come. It's a beautiful choice. Do not delay. I'm Kelly Langston. Thank you.